Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, Brenda, Steve here. And Larson. And welcome back. Going in raw. Count out. We're coming to the end of 2017, Larson. Yeah, this is the last day of 2017. Ooh, that's right. Do you have any big plans for the new year? The New Year's Eve. Oh, New Year's Eve? No. Yeah. I thought you meant 2018, just working. Oh, yeah. We'll be doing our thing. Yeah, it's worth saying. So, yeah, this is their count show. We're going to talk about bad matches of 2017. No, just the most disappointing matches. Biggest piles of crap 2017. disappointing matches of 2017. That's fine, too. Anyways, we're here at uh, YouTube.com forward slash Stephen Larson. We're also available wherever fine podcasts are. Be sure to hit whatever subscribe buttons they have available wherever you watch this show or listen to this show. Just hit it. If you can leave a review somewhere, leave it. Yeah. If you can leave a rating of some sort, do it. Please. Um, if you want to go to the Patreon and shell out some money to help support us, that's great. We well. love money, and yeah. it really does help the show. Yeah. And you get stuff in return. You do. It's like a subscription type thing. But yeah, that's pretty real. much what it is. It kind of. We're also on Pro Wrestling TV Shop. We are. We have a Going In Raw store there. We do. Where t-shirts happen. Are available. And can be on your body. For a price. Money in, in exchange for goods. Yes. Capitalism. <laughs> Anyways. Talk about the worst intro ever. We're going to talk about the worst matches no, ever. No, most disappointing matches. Because some of these matches aren't necessarily bad. It's just, they just didn't play how we expected. Okay, one of them is really good. Yeah. That's a disappointing outcome. One of, them, one of them is really good. One of them is kind of fun. One of them is so bad. Anyways, well, some of these are really bad. But not all of them are really let's bad. Let's just get this real started here. All right. Number 10. 10. Braun Strowman versus Brock Lesnar at No Mercy 2017. This wasn't a bad match, but just coming on the heels of the, the chaotic uh, masterpiece of SummerSlam 2017 where Braun destroyed Brock Lesnar. Yeah. I was hoping we'd get more of the same, but what we got instead was a pretty typical Brock Lesnar circa 2016-2017 match against Braun Strowman. No action outside of the ring. No announced tables were broken. No tables, no furniture of any kind were broken, if I remember correctly. Yeah. No chairs were employed. Yeah. It was just like a wrestling match inside the ring, and it just wasn't what I was hoping for or expecting. Well, they got Braun, I'm sorry, they got Brock on this sort of path to Roman Reigns where he's going to lose his universal title, where one F5 now puts everybody down, 
And so we got one FI. He did the same thing as Samoa Joe, or it was weird. Like, oh, one FI, that's it. And then with Braun Strowman, one FI, put him down. It's Braun Strowman. Give me a break. Come on. He can kick out of one. He can kick out of one of those. If you want Reigns to seem more impressive, have him kick out of two. I know, exactly. So, I don't know. It was just kind of bug. It was like, yeah, like you said, you know, especially after SummerSlam, nothing but chaos. In this case, it was nothing but the same old, same old. Yeah, it was nothing really interesting. I mean, there was a couple decent uh, spots, but they were all inside the ring. Mm-hmm. Just we're, we're so used with Braun uh, to get maximum destruction at all times. Yeah. And this wasn't that. No, it wasn't. And without that, it just felt it, it felt a little flat. It felt textbook. Yeah. Yeah. It felt like an obligation on Brock's part. Right, yeah, yeah. So it was what it was. It was what it was. Mediocre. Next, number nine. Nine. Shibata versus Kazuchika Okada. Um, yes, so for Genesis 2017. Sorry, yeah. So uh, this is after Shibata won the New Japan Cup. It's actually an amazing match. It's a fantastic match. It's disappointing though, what happened uh, during one spot and the the fallout from that one spot. And that, of course, is when Shibata headbutted Okada. And like they say, it sounded like a baseball bat hit something oh, in good. the arena. Yeah. And Shibata got a, a, a trickle of blood running down his forehead. Yeah. Apparently, actually caused a, a serious brain injury. Yeah. Um, he had a hard time getting out of the ring. Um, I think there was some concern for a moment about his uh, uh, mobility moving mm-hmm. forward. Yeah. Um, and it seems like that spot's going to have to force him into an early retirement. It was good to see him at the G1 finals, sit in the ring, say, I'm alive. Yeah. Um, uh, so it's good. Hopefully, you know, his health. Uh, will recover enough so he'll be able to uh, live a fulfilling life for the remainder of his years. All signs seem to point to Naito versus Okada at Wrestle Kingdom. However, I do kind of wonder what they would have had on the, you know, in the plans, because we know New Japan evidently likes long-term booking, what the plan was for Shibata. He was he was one of the top, you know, five guys there. Yeah. Um, and it, I'm, you know, legit curious what their plans were for him. This is horrible. I mean, it's, you know, with New Japan, the physical style they wrestle, it, you, you sort of start to think, man, these guys must be able to take a lot more damage in WWE. They're just people. They're just, yeah. they're just human Their beings. Their schedule's different, so in, in theory, they, they are afforded more time to recover. They have more, like, multi-man tag matches. And, and then stuff. they're not on the road every single day. Right, you yeah. know, they'll do a tour leading up to a show, and they'll get some time off. Yeah, but, you know, but, but still, yeah, they're humans. The bottom line is you can't go around headbutting people, like, for reals. And at, at that point, like I remember watching, I was like, "Oh God, that was that was a cool spot, but that looked way too real, and it sounded way too real." And it turns and out it was, it was way too real, way too real. So yeah, I mean, like I said, amazing match, but it was an absolute bummer. Like when we heard in the subsequent days, "Oh yeah, Shabbat is totally in the hospital, and he hasn't woken up yet." Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was a big bummer. It's when pro wrestling gets too real, man. Yes, I don't like it. Yes, number eight, eight, Asuka versus Emma at TLC 2017. So this is Asuka's debut match on the main roster. They were hyping her for weeks in advance in uh, a series of video vignettes. Mm-hmm. Um, and having been so dominant in NXT, I think we were both of the opinion that uh, she should be uh, maybe not near, not quite as dominant, but pretty darn close in her debut to establish Asuka as a force on Raw because nobody is ready for Asuka. Instead, what we got was Asuka selling for 10 minutes, slapping on Asuka lock and picking up the win. Yeah, I gave this match a bit more uh, benefit of the doubt than I should have. Um, this should have been a squash. Um, or the next night on Raw when they had the rematch, that should have been, been a squash. The match they had on Raw should have been this match, and the match on Raw should have been a squash. Yeah, 
So th- this wasn't a great debut. I think they've kind of corrected the ship a little bit with Oscar. They're treating her a lot more like she is the heir apparent. She is the one to be feared. Um, and that's good. I think maybe they, they could even be doing that to a greater degree now. Well, I mean, even to the whole leap to her debut, it really seemed like everybody was scared of her. That was a big problem, too. There was yeah. no sense of dread with her coming in, and there really should have been. Oh, yeah, a lot. Instead, I mean, I understand the faces in the women's division on Raw wanting to, to get an, an opportunity, a crack at, at facing Oscar first, mm-hmm. you know, in the spirit of, of good competition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, the heels... She had nothing to do with it. Oh, I know exactly. And they all went into that, you know. Oh, who gets to? Who's going to fight Oscar in the first all, match? They're everybody all, was going to with a gusto, and it's like, yeah, yeah we want to, we want to win. Yeah. No, be be afraid. Yeah, we'd be very afraid. Um. So yeah. Anyways, that uh, yeah, it's kind of a bummer. Should have been a squash, or at least not nearly as competitive. Yeah. And then, and then Emma was released what a week later. Yeah, I know. So it really served her no purpose. Yeah, no, no. It was it was just weird, weird booking all around. I don't understand it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. Number seven. Seven. Rachel Ellering versus Christy Janes at Wrestle Circus. What is this called? The Summer Cody, Cody Road Summer Show or something like that. <laughs> something like that happened on August fifth. 2017. I love Wrestle Circus. I've seen a handful of their shows on Twitch when they do it. I think it's fantastic. Um, this, so was, this was a bit of an outlier. This is hilarious because it was number one. It was I saw it and, I, and a lot of people saw it um, on uh, Botchamania 349. I think I want to say. Um, I know that number because I just researched a little bit. Um, and so I went out and I watched the whole match. And uh, yeah, it's it's when pro wrestling just falls apart. Yeah, and uh, people start staring at each other in the middle of the ring, shrugging, and doing this, and pointing fingers and yelling at each well, other. At one point, Rachel Ellering gets down um, on her knees in the middle of the ring and pretty much says, "Hit me." Yeah. So it's awkward. Yeah, it's it, uncomfortable. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's uncomfortable. The curtain, the curtain, uncom- is pulled, the curtain is pulled back. Yeah. So you see the intricate, intricate choreography involved in these things. Yeah. And when it's not working, when people are on the same page, when people are actually like at odds, shoot. Yeah. In the middle of the ring, and it's you see it played out. It's, it's the, weird. It's the pro wrestling equivalent of uh, watching hot dog get made. Pretty much. You don't want to see that. You don't yeah, want to know you don't see the inner workings of that. No. <laughs> So, but it is, it's, it is awkward. It's like, I mean, it's like, it's like the, the British version of The Office. It's actually kind of comical. Yeah. When you see what's going on. It's, yeah. But it's uncomfortable nonetheless. It really is. I mean, yeah, it was, it was not good. Um, kind of an interesting thing to the Wrestle Circus did eventually, like a couple months later, I think, or a month later, um, addressed it. Somebody on Twitter said, so what happened with that match? And uh, the the booker, the head booker, I guess, for, for Wrestle Circus responded on Twitter Said a poor booking decision on my part, not falling on the sword here, but Ellering and James are both major talents. I haven't seen a lot of Christy James. I've heard good things. I've yeah. seen I've seen a handful of Rachel Ellering Same matches. Here. I love her. I think she's great. Um, but then they continued. Um, we put two workers in the ring to tell a story, and all three sides had differing opinions on how it should go. Communication breakdown is our bad. So kudos to Wrestle Circus for some sort of, you yeah. know. Wasn't Rachel Ellering involved in the match during the May Young Classic where they changed the finish because her opponent was no good? Yeah. I mean, when you're when you're that professional that you can do that, because I think I knew about it beforehand, you didn't. Yeah. And when I watched it, I was like, oh, you can totally see that, but you have to know that it's happening. Mm-hmm. And then I think you went back and watched it, and you're like, oh, yeah, look at that. Yeah, yeah. But if you don't know, you don't know. I mean, you, don't, you can't tell if you don't know. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I know that she can put on a fantastic match, um, this was not that because there was some sort of communication breakdown and they just started like staring at each other. Yeah, there was like some weird no selling and then uh, Christy Jane was kind of like obviously going through the motions with some yeah. moves. And then, yeah, at one point, Rachel Ellering just sits on her knees in the middle of the ring and just yeah. says, 
Come on, yeah. let's do something. Let's just do it. Yeah. Christy James does nothing. She doesn't do anything. So uh, eventually, Christy James just run or wins with the most awkward-looking roll-up. Yeah, and got the match over with. And it's just believe. Yeah. Hey, just take out. No celebration. None. <laughs> you imagine the you imagine being in the crowd, just feeling like, oh, this is so awkward. I know. Ooh, what's happening right ooh, now? Ooh, is this is a shoot. I know. <laughs> Is this, are they getting super meta with this stuff or what? I know they, they yeah, they, they booking a botch. <laughs> this is the 2%, but intentional. Yeah, I know, exactly. Number six. Six. Bobby Roode versus Dolph Ziggler at Hell in a Cell 2017. Um, Dolph was involved in it. Well, I mean, he mentioned not too long in an interview that his, his role as gatekeeper mm-hmm. uh, is not good for him because he loses all the time. Yeah. So he's not really giving anybody the rub. When they beat him. He has no rub to give. Because he hasn't won anything in a while. He made his more win recent U.S. title win. His subsequent uh, uh, dropping of that belt will will be a a sign that he can win things. Mm -hmm. So he has rub to give. Yeah, now he's got got a little bit of rub in the bank. I don't know, though, because he dropped that belt. And just by saying that I'm better than this and you don't deserve this, I don't. I think that the belt is, is more of a rub than a win over him. Like if he, if someone were to beat Dolph and get that belt, that's a rub. Yeah. Just beating Dolph now, I, I don't think one win uh, cleanses the palate, palate of mm-hmm. a year of losses. No. In fact, I think, I don't know, I mean, if he comes back and he's still wearing the belt, if he somehow got the belt back. Or, may, or went on WWE shop and got a, a, <laughs> yeah, exactly. a replica. Exactly, like a really fancy replica. And he comes out with it, and then he says, hey, I'm still champion. I just went on vacation or whatever his justification is going to be. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, they've been trotting out Dolph Ziggler. They trotted out Dolph Ziggler for two high-profile feuds, two high-profile NXT call-ups during 2017, Shinsuke Nakamura, which we'll get to later. Yes. And in this case, Bobby Roode. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I, I think they had been having dark matches. I know Shinsuke had yeah, been no, I think I, I think, think Dolph, that, yeah. Dolph and Bobby were having dark matches, too, that were supposed to be pretty good. But there's a lot more than just this match. Which was mediocre. Yeah. Horribly mediocre. Yeah. Um, why it was so disappointing. One, from the Dolph aspect, as, you know, in his role as gatekeeper, he lost. Mm-hmm. So he's not really keeping the gates down for anybody. No, he's not. On the Bobby Roode side, uh, we were super excited to see him debut on SmackDown. It seemed a natural fit for him mm-hmm. in his NXT character. Heel Bobby Roode was great. Yeah. NXT Bobby Roode was prime Bobby Roode, in my estimation. Granted, I haven't seen any of his stuff in TNA, so who am I to say? <laughs> um, nonetheless, he shows up on SmackDown uh, the day uh, Tuesday after SummerSlam. Uh, Is that right? Yes. Yeah. 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 And, and uh, you know, he, he's in a competitive match against Aiden English <laughs> that's interrupted by a commercial break. <laughs> First of all, right. that should have been a squash. Yeah. Second, he does a lot of smiling afterwards <laughs> during his interview and seemed oddly positive. Is that what the smiling? Is that what it was? Is that what he was yeah. doing with his face? Because I can't really tell. Yeah, and I think that's when the painful Bobby Roode smile face started. The first interview after his first <laughs> win. He's giving and then pain and, smiling. And I was like, Roode. this is not good. They're doing face Bobby Roode. And you, and you said, no, they're getting the face pop out of the way. People are going to oh, pop for his music. so wrong. Give it a couple weeks. I was so wrong. You were wrong. He's been oh, Bobby Roode ever since. I know. It's, he's completely miscast, especially seeing how awesome he was in NXT. I know. Um, oh. So you have face Bobby Roode, and you have Dolph going into this feud where Dolph's talking about how uh, everybody else is all flash, no substance, and he's all substance. And he and, and the embodiment of that is him uh, starting his Titantron package and theme, 
maybe like, I don't know, like four bars into it. <laughs> we get a record. record scratch. No Titantron, no music. <laughs> yeah. But he's still wearing his old ring gear. Yeah. He should just come out in plain black trunks. Young Lion, yeah. Yes. Well, here's the thing also. Because there's still spectacle involved in his ring gear. Well, there is only one situation in which a record scratch sound effect is warranted. The very first time. <laughs> Look, if you're going to use it for Dolph Ziggler's yeah. entrance, oh, yeah. I mean, generally speaking. I'm saying in a broader sense, it's when there's uh, some sort of cartoonish surprise that oh, happens. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's, it's, it's basically, it should be reserved specifically for Benny Hill sketches. Um, so it doesn't really work here. It doesn't make any sense. He's st- for whatever reason, they're still giving him that non-entrance entrance yeah, where I the know. record scratch happens. I know, they should ditch the record scratch. No entrance. He just, he just strolls out. Yeah. Like, at that point, it's fine. Um, but but anyways, the, is, the backstory going to this match, not very good. Did, what, did their awkward lose their lines promo precede this match, too? It was after this yeah. one, I think. Okay. It was okay. after this one. It was after that, okay. I believe. Um, so, uh, I believe this is the debut of Dolph's entrance. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, the finish was them jockeying for a position for a, a roll-up win, I think. Mm-hmm. So uh, Bobby Root ultimately got the roll-up victory with a handful of tights. Yeah. So if this match is all about who is the superior in-ring technician, yeah. and it's decided by uh, a roll-up with a handful of tights, I understand it's done a prolonged feud, but it's kind of uh, disappointing. It should have been like the SmackDown match, because they had like a subsequent SmackDown match was okay. Yeah, it was better. Which was, was okay. Well, then the <clears throat> two out of three falls matchup, that was really oh, good. Oh, that was actually a really good match. Um, and then afterward, Dolph hit Bobby Roode with a zigzag. Yeah. And then, I mean, there's all sorts of problems with this feud, though. Like, at by the end, by the end of it, of Dolph doing the thing where he comes out in different people's entrances, by the end of it, I was kind of laughing because, like, some of his whiny voice was actually kind of comedic. It was well, kind of funny to me. He came out with a huge bass drum. That was cool. <laughs> that was... And he started saying, Look at me! You know, I'll be honest. I liked it more when he was just being... Obnoxious in that respect and not imitating entrances. No, me too. The imitating that was entrances actually, was so bad. It was so bad. It was so dumb. The funny, the funny thing was, as a show, as a social experiment, it was actually kind of interesting because everybody knew whenever he'd go backstage, he'd say, "Hold on, I'm going to do another entrance." He'd go backstage and like DX music, DX's music would hit, and everybody starts like popping for it. Yeah, it's the Pavlovian response. Right, exactly. Yeah. But it's like do you know exactly what's going to happen I know. here. I wonder what would happen if they would if it had been like uh, I don't know like Xbox. X-Factor song that people will pop. <laughs> I don't think they ever pop for that, man. <laughs> Did they ever do CM Punk? No. They shut up. I think they were in Chicago once they should have done CM Yeah, Punk. I know. What the heck? Missed opportunity, man. Totally. Number five. Five. Men's Survivor Series match, Survivor Series 2017. Where to begin? What a mess. So, I don't know. I thought this was actually kind of fun. There were some fun elements, too. We had Red Balor. Yeah. We had uh, Shinsuke Nakamura got actually a pretty good... I mean, I know he ate a pin. I mean, there's a New Japan pop, or sorry, yeah. a chant that was going on during this match. Yeah, that's right. There was some good, but there was also a lot of bad and a lot of really lousy booking. <laughs> and then, but... I know, but... I know. What do we say going into this? Triple H at the end was actually really damn but funny. What do we say going into this? If Raw win this, wins this match, there's really no story there's to tell. There's zero stories for SmackDown. Yeah. And look at what's happened. There's really not a lot going on in SmackDown. Yeah, I know. Um, so let's, let's start at the beginning. So, yeah, we had this, these great moments between Nakamura mm-hmm. and Balor. Mm-hmm. Um, like, everybody 
that had history, like Orton and Cena, everybody that had history somewhere. Cena and Angle had yeah. some had a chance to have a moment in the ring. Yeah. Um, but then, like three minutes in, Nakamura got eliminated by Braun Strowman. You're right, right, right. It's like, well, if you want to establish Nakamura as a contender on SmackDown, he should, if not win this match for SmackDown, like be in it for a little be bit. Be like the last guy, yeah. But no, he was first. Eh, Rob, you're out. You're done. Shortly after that, Bobby Roode, the other guy who should last a long time. Also eliminated by Braun Power, Power Slam. Mm-hmm. Really, the only person that came out of this match smelling like roses is Braun Strowman. <laughs> yeah, true. For being honest. True. Um, kind of Randy Orton, too. Yeah, kind of. Um, and then... Uh, but Team SmackDown suplexes Braun through the announce table, kind of take him out of the match for a bit. Because otherwise, yeah. Braun would have won the match yeah, by yeah. himself yeah, in like three much, minutes yeah. in that clip. Which actually would have been way cooler. Oh, yeah, I mean, way better than what actually happened. So he had uh, Samoa Joe getting eliminated by Cena. And then, oh, uh, oh, and by the way, sorry not to interrupt you, but preceding this match uh, by a week or so, John Cena was announced as the final member of SmackDown Live. Everybody in SmackDown Live came to this match wearing SmackDown Blue. Just as everybody from Team Raw was wearing Team Raw shirts, except for Seth R- no, Seth Rollins was during the, the New Day match, sorry. That yeah. Happened after. Uh, John Cena came out wearing his... His uh, new shirt. His new green shirt. Yeah. And didn't really... Uh, there was no reason for him to be there. No. Beyond SmackDown well, was needing another guy. Yeah, needing the fifth member, yeah. Um, so Joe was limited by Cena after two AAs. Yeah, Samoa Joe was limited by John Cena. And Cena was limited by Angle after a, a coup de grace and an Angle slam. Mm-hmm. And then Orton eliminates Balor with an RKO. And this is all kind of like bang, bang, bang. Yeah, not yeah, a whole, yeah. There's not a whole lot of drama in any of it. Right. Owens and Zayn comes out. They pull Shane, who's for some reason in the match, off the apron as Orton's going for a hot tag. They beat up Shane. Mm-hmm. Um, Shane manages to beat up Owens and Zayn enough with a chair. Um, Norton gives Owens an RKO, but uh, Orton is eliminated with a Strowman power slam. Was it this where Shane was chasing uh, Owens and Zayn up the ramp? Yeah, and yeah, that's why yeah. Orton got eliminated. Yeah. And yeah. then Shane comes back and sees that he's now facing Angle, Strowman, and, and Triple, Triple H, H just against him. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, we're both looking at each other. This match is done. Yeah. Like, there's no reason to have this match no. anymore. Um, sure enough, uh, then uh, Angle's in there against Shane. He puts Shane in an ankle lock. Uh, Triple H then pedigrees Kurt after having some sort of, like, you know, internal crisis. Uh, puts Shane on top uh, to eliminate Kurt. Um, and then Shane is eliminated by Triple well, H. Well, there's Triple H is like, okay, we're, you know, we're good. Yeah. You know, we're, we're family. We're good, yeah, you're my brother. And then though. he pedigrees him. Right, he pedigrees him. And then, and and then, then pins, pins him, and then, like, he's having the time of his life, it looks like. <laughs> here's, okay, here's the thing about Triple H, too, is that at this point, he's, he goes into full Hogan mode. Yeah. Like, he's smiling. He just buried another guy. He still has this ugliest. He no. buried an entire brand. <laughs> Exactly. And he's the entire time, he's got the goofiest red Triple H version shirt. Because it's like his old English and skulls combo thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Latin words. That's usually on a black shirt. It's usually on a black shirt, and it looks like whatever. It looks like, you know. It, it looks like hundreds of his other shirts. It looks like the year 2003. And But this is red. Because he's on all Team that Raw. crap on red because he's on Team, Team Raw. Raw. And he keeps on the entire time. Yeah. Like, dude. I know you're getting older, but I, I've seen Instagram. You look amazing still. Mm-hmm. Take that stupid-looking shirt off. You mm-hmm. look so dumb. Mm-hmm. And he's preening with his big leather face, all smiling and stuff and happy. And then uh, Braun uh, power slams him. Twice. Twice. Which is... The, the, fight, the, the end of this was so 
I, I'm just going to say stupid. It was. I was chuckling and I was entertained. I was like, this is so dumb. I'm entertained. At least it's not boring. But in terms of like what it should have been doing. For, and then we saw Triple H the next night and then never again. Yeah. There was zero point for him to do this. None. Because we did, there hasn't been any well, reference to it. Well, he just said the next night, what, I want to make sure job got done myself or something like that. Yeah, but he, he was there one day, and then he left. And I know. Like, Survivor Series could have had, like, if you really want, they're trying to make Survivor Series a big deal again. And if you want that to happen, like, that should be the starting point for storylines that last you through the Rumble. And instead, with SmackDown, I mean, we've kind of got that with the Owen Zane thing. They've just gone hard on, on the Raw side. There could have been countless stories going on in that one match. I know. A million things could have been happening, and we thought that was going to be the case, but instead, no, it just happened, and it was weird and dumb, and then it was it was done. It was yeah. over with. Yeah. Anyways, it was, it was fairly comical, though. It was comical on how bad it was. Yeah. Number four. Four. Women's Money in the Bank match. Money in the Bank 2017. Well, James Ellsworth won it. Yeah. So that's going to be And it was done as a ploy to boost ratings for SmackDown. Yeah. James Ellsworth won the first Women's Money in the Bank match. So they can have another Money in the Bank match. The pop ratings. The pop ratings. And they I, haven't I, done anything with this. They didn't do anything else with that story. But that's no, the story they didn't. Like, they let uh, Ellsworth go. Yeah, after and Becky Lynch beat him. Carmella still hasn't cashed in her, I know. her suitcase. Brief, briefcase. So I think when it happened, you know, I think we were both like, oh, okay, this could be interesting. Our, our initial reaction was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I was fine with it. And I, I, I saw the reaction from like, you know. Well, we talked to some people about it, too. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, okay, yeah, I kind of get why that was a terrible idea. Yeah. Um, but we were, I think we were both kind of taking a wait-and-see approach, like, okay, well, what are they going to do with this? And, yeah, in retrospect, it's like, yeah, no, this is, you know, they're so big about, you know, making history, even now, the Women's Royal Rumble, mm-hmm. that this should have been that moment, yes. you know. So. Yes, instead of a ploy to boost ratings. Yeah. Number three. Three. John Cena versus Rusev flag match. Battleground 2017. If you want to see a match... That has a complete and utter lack, an absence of logic. This is your match. Well, this is also the match that kind of encapsulates everything that uh, is kind of wrong with John Cena. Yeah, but it also didn't make a lick of. I know because it's all about lull Cena wins. Yeah, I know. There's that one spot where you know there's the two pedestals, and on top of that are are, are holders for the the respective flag. Mm-hmm. And at one point Rusev is about to put his flag in the pedestal and John Cena puts his hand over or something like that, yeah, right? Yeah. Robo screaming like, just grab that three thing and chuck it down the ramp. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just get the holder <laughs> exactly. and just throw it. <laughs> throw it through the Titan Tron. Throw it down the ramp. Pass it into the crowd. You'll never yeah. see it again. Done. You win. <laughs> exactly. So I believe each both Cena and Rusev had their own pedestal. They did. That they had to use. Yeah. So just chuck the, 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 the holder. Just get rid of it. There were so many ways for each of these guys to win this match that would have made so much sense, practically speaking. And instead, they went through this bizarre, like, series of, like, I don't know, Well, there's man. tables set up behind the pedestals. Yeah. And it's like, once you see Rusev set up a table, well, you know he's going through it. Yeah, I know. Exactly. And there's all, like, one guy is doing one thing, and why isn't the other guy just running to the holder and putting a stupid flag in? I know. I don't know. It was so, it was so dumb. It was so dumb. Yeah. And yeah. It was, it was, in terms of last year, the ultimate lull scene to win. There, yeah, it really was. It was so, because I don't know that it's a flag match. You know, he's, gonna, he's never going to lose a flag Oh, I know. Match. This is Rusev's return match from being gone to oh, injury. Oh, so bad. And if rumors are true, and he was supposed to be both 
involved in the title picture, mm-hmm. perhaps instead of uh, Jinder Mahal, mm-hmm. and then also in the Money Bank ladder match. And then instead he gets this match against John Cena, yeah. and then gets in a program with Randy Orton where he's squashed in like eight seconds. Oh God, that's right. I mean, he's bounced back. Yeah, thankfully, Rusev has. We'll see how long that lasts. I know, but just this match at, in its entirety is just. I think we both knew going into it it was going to be ludicrous. Yeah, we knew it was going to be ludicrous, but it was so mind-bogglingly stupid. Like, you can only you can only take so much of the suspension of disbelief stuff before it's like, this doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I don't know. It was funny, though. Number two. Two. Shinsuke Nakamura versus Dolph Ziggler Backlash 2017. Yeah, getting back to Dolph. So, leading into this match, we had heard, like, you know, Shinsuke and Dolph were having these great, amazing... Uh, dark matches, mm-hmm. you know, leading up to this. They put off Nakamura's first televised match on main roster. For about a month and a for half. For like a month and a half. So he can have it at Backlash. And like, you know, the lead to this was all Ziggler. Number one, it's kind of annoying when they have Dolph Ziggler calling everybody kid. Because like, for example, Bobby Roode is like, I think a couple years older than Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. So it doesn't that doesn't make any sense. That's a small quibble. Well, then uh, Dolph's beef with Nakamura is like, you haven't done anything here. Yeah. I was like, Haven't you, you don't watch NXT? Though. You don't watch NXT? It's like the best show that's on TV. Yeah. Um, but even, you know, um, this, for a lot, this, like, this thing that they do where like NXT is, 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 is what we said before, and they don't acknowledge it. Not really. And it seems like a lot of times creative doesn't watch it. Yeah. Especially prior to call-ups. Yeah. Doesn't sense. make any sense. So they put off having this match, um, which would have been okay if the build was decent, but it was just a crap build. It was a crap build, and then I think we were at least hopeful. It's like, okay, we know Dolph can go in the ring. He can sell. Yeah. So maybe we'll have, not on par with what Nakamura got out of Sami Zayn during his NXT debut. But something, something kind of, maybe, maybe. Exciting, captivating, something with yeah. drama, and there was none of that. No. It was a by-the-numbers Dolph match. It was a Nakamura by, won it was with a by the numbers. It was a by-the-numbers pro wrestling match. Yeah. It wasn't even like, oh, look at Dolph. Because, like, I don't know, like, when Dolph was hot, even, like, a year ago at No, at no Mercy or No, yeah, against yeah, the Miz, no yeah, Mercy yeah. against the Miz, it's like, dude, Dolph, Dolph could have a really good match in his sleep. And this was not that. No. Especially with the, all the hype behind it in terms of Nakamura's debut. Yeah. felt like if they had had a match, maybe not on quite the same level as Nakamura and Zayn, but just a tad below. Sure. It'd been, yeah, it'd be yeah, great. a great way to kickstart Nakamura's run on the main roster. Yeah. Did. Lackluster feud, lackluster match. Their follow-up on SmackDown a week or two later was better, but still not great. I miss the days when they debut a guy in the main event. I know. Because I don't know what the main event around this time was. Backlash 2017. Let's see here. Uh, Gender won the belt at that pay-per-view. From Orton. Yeah. I mean, you have Nakamura win the belt in his debut. Mm-hmm. You know, something like that. Something well, we cool. got, you know, when he showed up on SmackDown after Mania. Yeah, 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 yeah. The segment against The Miz. Yeah. That would have been the absolute perfect feud for that'd him. That would have been great. The absolute perfect. Yeah, that would have been fantastic. Put the Intercontinental title on right mm-hmm. away. Yeah. The, the, the characters of King of Strong style mm-hmm. versus The Miz. Uh, the Miz. Yeah. Just a perfect matchup. Mm-hmm. Everything about it was ideal. Yep. And then Superstar Shake-Up messed it all up. Yep. And if they had decided they knew Miz was going to Raw when Nakamura debuted, why even have him? It's because it's not dumber. like he, he went out there specifically to confront the Miz. He I went know. out there, interrupted his segment, did his introduction. For mm-hmm. his that was it. That was it, yeah. I don't know, man. I don't get it. Number one. One. Randy Orton versus Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania 33. So heading into this match, we felt... Ray, Randy Orton burned down uh, Bray Wyatt's house and was still and was the face of this feud. Let's yeah. get that out of the way. Yeah. But here's the thing. That, that what's perhaps most... Disp- I got these 
What the heck? Perhaps most disappointing about this whole thing is up until that moment when Randy burned down Bray Wyatt's house. Yeah. There was actually some interesting stuff going oh, on. Oh, I like this feud. It was a fun feud. Up until that point, Bray, I believe at that time, was WWE champion. Mm-hmm, yeah. We were hopeful that Bray would finally get the acknowledgement of his hard work. The WWE would finally acknowledge this guy is money. Mm-hmm. Potential huge money. Mm-hmm. And the thing we wanted least that would that would benefit Bray the absolute least mm-hmm. was for Randy Orton to come out of this as boring face WWE champion <laughs> Randy Orton. Yeah. And that is exactly yeah. what we got. And especially like the, the, the lead up to this in the last couple episodes of uh, SmackDown mm-hmm. uh, dealt with uh, Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton burning down the house, burning Sister Abigail's ashes, and uh, Bray Wyatt then saying, well, you've unleashed the powers of Satan within me. The powers of Satan then manifested themselves how? By uh, uh, Bray, I guess, you know, using his mind powers, uh, projecting uh, uh, images of, I think, worms. Insects. Dirt. Yeah. Dirt. On the, the mat uh, at, at three different instances during the match. Now, which it, caused a minor distraction for everybody involved. If you think about this logically, when they show the camera angles from up top and you see all the, like, the, the projection. Yeah. It's like, okay, that's kind of interesting. But then if you think about it, if you're Randy Orton, you're just like... You're not even going to be able to tell what you're, what's what's on you. You're not, not really going to be able no. to tell what's being projected on you. So what is this doing exactly? Yeah. It's not doing anything. And then it just happened like, what, three times? Happened three times. And then RKO, Randy Orton wins. Yeah. There was zero build. Zero drama. There was no aspect of, okay, he's done this. Now he does this, which is even, you know, crazier. Yeah, no build upon the initial thing. Yeah. And then he does this, which is even crazier than the other thing. It was just... Projection. And then match projection. Well, it was match. It was projection. It was a standard Randy Orton match interrupted by uh, this is boring. Yeah, some uh, attempts at being uh, avant-garde wrestling. Yeah, I mean, I dude, I I did not. Out of all, and it was short. It was like a ten-minute match. Yeah, I know. Out of all the routes they could have gone with with this, they went the one route where we dreaded. We were like. They're probably going to well, do. Not only dread it, it made Bray look absolutely I know. weak. I know. He said he has the powers of Satan. <laughs> yeah. Bust out some fire or something. Yeah. Have him laugh his way out of an RKO. Yeah. You know. Do something crazy. Yeah. There was nothing. Yeah. Nothing. If he, if, if Bray Wyatt is 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 bestowed with with magical powers. They gotta manifest them, themselves some way. Put some like evil's got those laser <laughs> things in his, in his fingers. Give him some of those when he comes out. Yeah, I'm trying all the size. Did they even come out with anything cool? No. Did they have, like a different outfit or anything? Uh, nothing. They should have had like Luke Harper and uh, I think I said this before, like a John Lovitz esque devil costume. Yeah. Like, ooh, yeah. You know. I mean, at least Randy Orton had the the, the sperm the, snake. Yeah, the animated snake down yeah. the, the ramp. Dude, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. And then. And then uh, Wyatt shipped over to, to Raw after mm-hmm. their shakeup, and they act like, uh, except for the House of Horrors match, that's all fan fiction. Had no bearing on, what, on on his character. I do appreciate that they did the House of Horrors match. Yeah. And I know a lot of people were, like, anti that match. I actually thought that was a ton of fun. Um, it was better than WrestleMania match. And, no, it was way better than WrestleMania match. And I thought that it was... I don't know. I thought like the finish of that was kind of cool because it made it feel like it was two different universes, mm-hmm. like Raw and SmackDown. Mm-hmm. So maybe that. I mean, hell, why didn't they just film that for WrestleMania? I know. You know? Because then you get like a break in the action. I don't know. 
I don't know. It didn't make any sense. It, it didn't so make a lick of sense. It was so dumb. You know how miserable you were being packed in there during uh, the show with all the lights flashing on you? Oh, yeah. The only moment I was miserable was when Bray ate that pin. Yeah. It's like they just squandered, up, squandered a great opportunity. Because we're going into it, we're like, how awesome would it be if all this is Randy Orton's ploy to tear the Wyatt family apart, not to weaken Bray Wyatt, but to empower himself. Oh, I know. Take it over. Orton family. Yeah. Uh, even So even in defeat... It's a reset for Bray Wyatt. Mm-hmm. Something new and different. It's interesting stuff to work And it's with. something new and different for Randy Orton. Yes. Yeah. Got none of that. Boring face Randy Orton. And then who did he drop the belt to? Oh, Jinder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. What? Terrible. Five weeks later? Six weeks later? A <laughs> month and a half later? Yeah, man. That's terrible. I mean, even Bray Jinder could have been fun. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Bray, I mean, there's any number of feuds that champion Bray could have been in and that could have been fun. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that's it for us. I'm sure there are a lot more disappointing matches out there. Let us know what you guys think in the comments. And until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, It can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.